What is living in lockdown like? As the world tries to make sense of the coronavirus and South Africa's knee-deep in a government-initiated lockdown, we'll be hearing from different voices what they're up to and how they're handling living in the lockdown. Well, at a time like this, um, it makes sense for us to check in with some of the people who we consider inspiring, and that is why it is awesome to find out how Vusi Tembekwayo is dealing with this crisis, the corona outbreak. So we'll shine the spotlight on him now for living in lockdown. How are you, Mr. Tembekwayo? Hey, my brother. I'm definitely well. I hope you're well, too. I'm good. You know, it, this, is, this is easier for us if you, if you have a house and you have some money and you can go and shop even if it's not for cooked food. But for those people who are, are really struggling, obviously it's a different story. So I don't want to be glib about this. You know, the, the, the whole purpose of living in lockdown is really to give people insight into how everybody is coping differently with being locked down. Yeah. First of all, where are you um, and who are you with and what's the, what's the status quo for your lockdown? So I'm at home uh, with, uh, you know, the wife and kids. I uh, am lucky enough that my home is kind of like a standalone uh, uh, built area that, mm-hmm. you, you know, I converted to an office. So, so I, I get the illusion of going to work because I, <laughs> I, I, I walk across the yard like I'm at work, you know. Um, <laughs> you know so, um, and, and I, think, I think that's helped my psychology a lot in terms mm-hmm. of uh, being able to just shift energies between where, where I need to be and what I need to be doing. So are you, apart from the psychological implications of this, and it varies from person to person, um, are you keeping yourself in a routine? Are you keeping busy? Do you have a list of things you want to achieve every single day? Are you, are you one of those annoying people who has set goals for the lockdown? Or have you, have you, allowed, have you allowed for a little bit of flexibility? I, I, uh, I have to confess that I kind of started it and went, well, you know, let's see how this goes. Mm. And um, I was really, I, must, I mean, I was really upset when I heard about the extension. That really upset me because that scuppered all sorts of plans. So now I have, uh, rather than have set goals, I've got like, I do time blocking. So I go, right. you know, so today, for instance, was my market facing stuff. So today I'm doing all the marketing stuff, the sales stuff, the social media stuff. I'm touching base with all of those teams, making sure they understand what's got to happen, making sure that they've got to be supported. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, don't, I don't kind of go, I've got to finish the day at a certain point in time. I just kind of go, these are the things that have got to get done. So let's see when that gets done. Right. But I imagine like a lot of people, for me, this lockdown has been very traumatic for my body clock. For some yeah. strange reason, my body just hasn't reacted well to it. Um, so I will have these strokes of exhaustion right in the middle of the day. And then these sudden bursts of energy at all sorts of odd hours of the night. And I suspect it's just because my body is trying to acclimatize to this new reality of, you know, not really getting to go out there and interact with people. Are, are you doing like regular exercise? Do you have a set time you get up every single day? So I do have a regular, I do, I do have a set time where I wake up every day. I am not regularly exercising, no. I suspect that might be a part of the problem because I, you know, I used to live at gym. I'm a morning and evening gym guy every wow. single day. Uh, so I think my body is just kind of gone. What's going on here? What's happening? Have you escaped yeah. the responsibility of having to be a, a teacher as well as a parent now? Because a lot of parents are suddenly dealing with that reality with their children. I have, uh, by God's grace, because I get I get to sit on the other side of the yard. 
and um, and disappear for half the day. Now, admittedly, my kids didn't get the memo. So, you know, sometimes I'll be on a Zoom call like this and my two-year-old will just walk in and, um, you know, and he'll want to be a part of the conversation, uh, which, I, which I think adds to the texture and the flair of the moment, yeah. Yeah, and and these these Zoom conference calls and and the various technological means that we now use to communicate with each other, sometimes it can be handled very well, and sometimes it goes horribly wrong. I mean, there have been these That's videos great. that have been going around of people who get up during a meeting to fetch something, and they're not wearing any pants and that kind of thing. So <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, by the way, uh, part of the thing I've been doing is I actually wake up mm-hmm. and I, I get ready. So I, I, I try to, that's a part of the routine that I've tried to hold together, the get ready part. So wake right. up, shower, have breakfast, right. you know, dress. Um, I'll dress if it's a casual Friday, but put on, you know, clo- attire as if I'm going to be seen by people. Cool. Because it allows, it allows my mind to just go, okay, so we're going into a place of work. Not this, you know, not the uh, suit and tie at the top within the boxes and walls at the bottom. Do you have other ways of connecting? I mean, a lot of us are missing friends and family at this stage. Um, there are probably some people who are even missing their colleagues. Who thought we'd ever say that? Are you regularly checking in with certain people? Is it interesting to see who's checking in with you, people you didn't expect? Mm-hmm. What, is, what has been interesting, so I think there, there are two parts. There, in, internally, my firm, it's been interesting to watch the levels of energy and the levels of, um, um, what's the word, engagement that yes. different people have been bringing. So you can immediately see who's, in, who's, who's engaged, who's energetic, who's taking this as an opportunity to really think about adding value, to really think about um, thinking creatively about their work uh, beyond the boundaries of an 8 to 5 workday. Um, and then you can also see that people have gone, oh, so they, they, have, they think lockdown is a synonym for leave. Um, mm. And you can, you can just tell they're completely disengaged, um, unavailable, can't be reached for a day or two on end. Uh, and, and, you, and you can just feel those energies, right? So part of what I've been trying to do is to also have honest conversations with those people to go, look, this time for us is an opportunity to think about how are we arranged, organized, how are we configured, yeah. and does our work still add purpose in the world, yes. and how are we going to communicate that, rather than sit back and go, well, let's just wait for this to end. You know, my, my sale, one of my sales guys said something to me yesterday, and he was right. It was traumatic when I heard it at the time, but he was 110% right. He said, our market doesn't get back to full capacity until February next year. And my eyes just went, I was like, what? He said, yeah. He says, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm talking to clients, I'm talking to agents, I'm talking to partners. Our market doesn't get back to full capacity until February next year if we're lucky. So, so we have to immediately rethink how we configured, how we're going to deliver work, how do we keep bringing clients into well, our ecosystem? How do we keep trading? Isn't it even premature to be going into big strategy discussions? Because really, for the next few months, it's kind of emergency procedures. You know, you have to just yeah. keep, you, you have to get into survival mode. And beyond that, we'll have a clearer picture of what's going on. I mean, I, I'm thinking of the same thing for our business, and I'm sure every other business owner is. And really, you know, I look at, at governments all over the world, and I'm, I'm critical of all of them because I don't think politicians are qualified in very much. And I know you feel kind of similarly but they've all sunk in they've all sunk in their 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 their, they've bet the whole house on this lockdown procedure they've bet the whole house on the fact that we're going to eventually come up with some kind of vaccine and in the meantime we've got to protect the healthcare workers and the healthcare system and i see empty hospitals 
and I see some very uh, strange regulations about stuff that isn't important being brought in. And I think the politicians have got a sunken cost in terms of reputation here. And none of them are prepared to admit that they may have just sacrificed the world economy. All of them. Donald Trump, Boris Johnson, everyone except the Swedes, it looks like. They might have sunk the world economy for a few deaths that might have happened due to the flu anyway. I mean, that's the one side. The other side is saying they acted at the right time. They did the right thing. They, they made some tough calls, and maybe they'll be on the right side of history. I'm not sure which one is right yet. Uh, so, I mean, you kind of raised two points, and I'll start with the last point you raised around whether or not the response to uh, the pandemic was uh, correct. I, I was asking myself the question, so if you watch any of the news channels, they've got this running ticker tape, yeah. right, of these are the number of confirmed cases, number of deaths, et cetera. Yeah. So I was like, well, I wonder what that would look like if they did the same thing for TB or if they did the same thing for cancer, if they did the same thing for HIV. We'd be in a panic. The same thing We'd be in an absolute state of, of panic every single day, right? Well, this is the point. So then you kind of go, is this dire mm. or is the data so much in your face that, you know, I mean, we're now reporting there's been a death here and there's been a death. Gary, I remember a time in, in the late 90s, early 2000s when South Africa was in such a decrepit state in terms of our policing mm. that the police didn't know how many murders we had. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah. what would it look like if you had that ticket tape for murders, right? Or, you know, or crime or hijacking or any of these. Um, and that's not to say that, they, they've, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I'm not yet settled on whether or not they've overreacted, but I'm just going, I'm not, I don't think that's helping their ability to reason right now. Because if you, you know, if you right. keep overamplifying negative data, then you're going, to, you're going to overreact in any in any event. And for the mainstream media, it's also a ratings battle. So they want to make it look like the news is much, much worse than it is. So you'll stay tuned, you know, in case your imminent demise 100%. is on the way. Uh, it's it's all very confusing. 100%. I'm I'm curious also about your take on how business might look after this, because it is very uh, it's very early to project. I'm not expecting you to be a Nostradamus here, but you you have lots of people in your network. You discuss this stuff regularly. You talk about it in front of crowds of people. Uh, you interact with all kinds of interesting people from all over the world. What do you think we might be able to glean and learn and process in our business future that might change the way that we do things? So I think you're on the money um, in how you premise the question because one of the things I've been careful to do is to throw a javelin somewhere because the truth is none of us even know where the sports field is right now. Right. So. You know, you, you know, you could throw the javelin, but you really don't know what the sports field is. We don't know what's going to happen. What we do know is what was will no longer be. Yeah. So about that, we're absolutely certain. And in my mind, I've just been trying to configure. So what does a three-month plan look like? And what does a six-month plan look like? Because I think to plan beyond that right now in a situation that's shifting so radically and where the amounts of data that go into how you're analyzing the situation themselves are changing so much would just be foolish. It's not, you're not going to do yourself uh, any favors. The analysis is going to be so wild that, um, mm. you know, what ends up happening is you get into the space where you are intellectually very stimulated about the possibilities, but you're not actually doing any work that's grounded. Now, for me, to your comment, I have an ecosystem of people that I influence, but also an ecosystem of people that I lead, people that depend on me for their jobs, for their livelihoods, as well as businesses where I'm invested, 
where the, the CEOs of those businesses are looking for me to become a sound voice of reason at a time like this. So, you know, I've taken that responsibility very seriously right now, because I think whatever you say, particularly if it's negative, can be over-amplified at a time like this. Mm. Um, so in, in my mind, one of the, what I've not done is to go, here's definitely what the future looks like. What I've kind of gone is gone, I think these are the possibilities. I don't think you're going to see mass cancellations of, I'll give an example. Um, I don't think you're going to see mass cancellations of uh, rental space for, for businesses. I think you're going to see ridiculous reductions. There, there are people who are sitting with a 400 square meter office in Santin. Yeah. We're going to reduce that to a 40 square meter office somewhere, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, because there's going to be a recognition. I, I still need an address. I still need a place to do business, maybe a, a small boardroom and a cafeteria, someplace where I can take meetings. But actually, I don't need to have everybody here. Mm. So I think whereas people are kind of building in this you know, influx of people getting out of that space, I just think it's going to be a reduction of that space. True too, I think in terms of what's going to happen with uh, people's need for connectivity, there's, you know, I think a time like this has certainly heightened our need for connectivity, mm. but I think that there will be a normalization. People will come down the peak again yeah. into a normalized level of connectivity. And, and some of the things, unfortunately, that were analog before this will continue to be analog after this. Um, I, for instance, I don't see I don't see a home affairs home affairs all of a sudden allowing you and I to queue digitally to apply for a passport. That's just not going to happen, right? Well, haven't the banks haven't the banks already allowed us to circumvent that problem in some way? There you go. You know, there you go. So, there you go. I agree with you, and and we needn't jump to big, large scale conclusions. Like what you're saying about the rental space thing is so interesting because. These are little things that we can predict with a fair degree of accuracy in which people can start to factor into their own businesses, where you need to save costs over the next couple of months. What kind of people? I think a lot of, of businesses have realized who the people are that they don't need during this situation. Yeah. You know, that there might be… Never a word spoken. Yeah. I mean, there might be people in your in your company that you're paying, and some of them even big salaries, that during this crisis have provided very little value. And you suddenly think, hmm, I think we could trim the fat here. Yeah. And I, I think I, so that's, it's interesting you say that because I had that thought yesterday, but I didn't have the ability to articulate it the way you did. Uh, in my mind, I was thinking about what I thought was kind of what would be the second wave of what is, are the coming retrenchments. Right. So I think the first wave of the coming retrenchments are organizations that were already in the water. This is SAA et al., right? These right. are the organizations that were already in trouble right. and, and, and those jobs are gone. But I think the second wave of that is going to be business leaders who've got two pressures. And yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine who works for a large multinational. And she mm -hmm. said something to me which was interesting. She said, we'll see our CEOs, they're a large multinational. Like if I told you the name of the company, you'd know them, right? You probably got their appliances in your home. Okay. And she said to me, our CEO said that because of the changes in the RAND, we now no longer have a runway beyond the month of April. So if the president extends beyond April, we will definitely have to retrench. And I thought, so I said to her, how many people do you employ? Then she mentioned a number that was over 3,000 people. And my, my brain just started running. Wow. So I said to her, but how would you make that calculation? And she said, so the first place to start would be to look at the people who are already on performance review. The second place to start would be to analyze the people who've added no value at this time. And she said, and the way it would have impact wouldn't actually to go down to the bottom of the pyramid or the bottom of the, of the employment base and look at where the, the mass of people are. We would actually start at the top where the executives are and go, so remind us again exactly what it is you do and why can't you do it for us as a consultant doing a day a week 
rather than sit on our payroll, you know, uh, full time and earn performance bonuses and get a car allowance yeah. and have medical aid and, and, you know, uh, we, you know, why don't we just pay you 20% of what we're paying you now? Is there, any, you is there anybody who you think is safe in this current economy um, and in the economy going forward? Is there anyone who is immediately at risk and has to start planning now if they haven't started already for what's next? I think the, you know, kind of the staple businesses are going to be safe. So if you're, if you're in retail, particularly food retail, you're okay. You're going to ride this period out. And again, what this is proving to us is as much as we've been, you know, fascinated with artificial intelligence and the change of the world, we're still human beings. We mm. need to eat. Yeah. So the basic stuff, I think, is the stuff we're going to find absolutely survive. The Toilet food retail paper. is going to be fine. The fuel retail is going to be fine. Say again? Toilet paper. There you go. The toilet paper guys are going to be fine, right? And and not just them, but then you've got to think about their value chain. So the retailers are going to be fine. So too will the wholesalers. I think you'll see a growth again in those independent wholesalers, the cash and carries, because people are going to start looking for bargain buys. Right. And then you're going to see, you know, the, the factories that do the production. I think those will be okay too. The people I think who are immediately at risk are all of the very nice to have services businesses that people have been building over this time. So I think here about the um, uh, ad agencies. I think here about particularly those ad agencies that have been getting those massive retainers uh, because they knew the CMO of a particular company. Yeah. I think you're going to see more and more CMOs go, hey, listen, man, you know, they cut my budget by 50%. I'm not paying you that retainer anymore just so you can send me a report, you know, with beautiful graphics on it. We'll call you as and when we need you. Right. And I think you're going to see, I think particularly in those services sectors, there's going to be a lot of carnage on the street. And then lastly, I think a lot of the people who were placing media are going to be in trouble. But I think the people who were distributing media are going to do well. So platforms like yourself, where the consumer goes, those are going to grow because companies are going to start going, where can I get bang for buck and reach people? But they're not going to want to pay the agency costs to the people doing the work in the middle. From your mouth to God's ears, my friend, uh, we, we will have we, we will you and I will have a celebratory drink at some uh, point in the future if that is the case. But in the meantime, I know that uh, it is always valuable to check in with you. It's it's to me very inspiring to speak to someone who is looking for the opportunities and sees the silver linings in situations where other people just throw their hands up and go, "Oh my God, what are we going to do?" So thank you, Vusi, and and good luck to you and your family. Keep healthy and stay safe. Take it easy, man. I appreciate you having me on the platform. Thanks, Gary. Anytime. Thank you. Vusi Tembekwayo, living in lockdown.